Hello, welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of The Conversation, we're going to talk with Health Department Communicable Disease Epidemiologist Barbara Downs about the work of an epidemiologist, including flu surveillance, which is especially timely because of the season we're in, which is the flu season. And Barbara, first of all, thanks for for being with us. And I have uh, challenged myself already getting through Health Department Communicable disease epidemiologist. Right. Well, thanks for having me, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you. And couldn't you get us an easier title? Right. Something shorter? I wanted something to challenge, you know, family and friends. That is it. My parents. Epidemiologist. Got to ask you, what what does that mean? So the textbook definition of epidemiologist, and, and bear with me here, Jim, is the study of the distribution and determinants of a health related event in a specified population. And then taking that and applying it to helping control a health event. So that's the Jeopardy question. Everybody will get it right now. I'm Uh, impressed that you have the textbook definition. I mean, (laughs) it's all right here. So what does that mean essentially is we're studying the factors that affect the well-being of the population. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So a great example that I like to give with this as well is years ago, we had an increase in motor vehicle and accidents that led to injury and death. Hmm. So with that, epidemiologists studied that. And, you know, sometimes back then cars, and we're talking years and years ago, cars didn't have restraints or seatbelts in them. And if people had them, they didn't necessarily use them at that time. So epidemiologists took that data, pushed forth, because epidemiology is the science of public health. So we are data driven. Hmm. So they took that data and helped to push forth policy and decision making. So now when you or I get in our car, the first thing we do is put in our seatbelt. And part of that policy, too, is that we see public health messaging or laws that support this. So tick it oh. or click it. In Virginia, oh. it's a law to wear your seatbelt. So oh. that all goes back to epidemiology. I mean, who, who would have known? Right. I, 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 would have had, I would have never thought to make that connection. And even more on an everyday basis, if you took the stairs today instead of the elevator, well, that was an epidemiology happen. study. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe one day. Let's Keep get another example. <laughs> or smoking. You know, smoking is another great right, situation okay. where an epidemiological study pushed that data forth, and you can't smoke in a public place anymore. Um, so if you got your wow. flu shot, you know, tobacco use, wow. all great epidemiology. It's all around us. That's uh, truly amazing. I would have never. I just would have never put the connection together that that's what it is and how it how it works together. Right. So in public health, um, like I said, it's the science and it's a core function. Mm -hmm. And what we do at the Fairfax County Public Health Department is our communicable disease epidemiology unit has the objective to prevent outbreaks and the spread of disease. So we're tracking diseases and cases and then we're placing in those recommendations. That's that second part of that definition is not only are you gathering the data, but then you're putting it to use, whether you're making public health recommendations, wear your seatbelt, wash your hands, you know, cover your cough. We're putting them into action. Okay. But more health-related things, would we be talking about like the Zika virus of a few years ago or things like that? Absolutely. So we actually track a a little over 70 conditions at the Fairfax County Health Department. And that includes everything from from Zika virus, um, anything that mosquitoes or ticks can carry, so Lyme disease, vaccine-preventable diseases like hepatitis A, pertussis, measles, mumps. Wow. Um, we have quite a large list. Influenza's on there as well. 
um, enterics or diseases or illnesses that cause diarrhea, um, so E. coli, shigatoxin producing, salmonella, shigella. We have oh, a Oh, you get all list. the fun stuff, yeah, we don't get you? all the fun stuff, and we get to do our role as the investigation of those cases. And then looking bigger to see who in the community could be affected to stop the spread of illness. Okay. So you're, are you, you're always monitoring these 70 type always. conditions? Always. Okay. 24-7, seven days a week. We okay. don't even take holidays off. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> That's so, to make you feel safe, right? We're there for the well, community. Yeah. But this monitoring, I mean, what does that mean? What does it entail? I mean, are you actively going out in the community, you know, looking at people going, oh, you looks like you maybe have the measles or mumps or you're not covering your cough or, I mean, how, well, how, how? Not to that extent. So we have a couple different ways that we do monitoring or surveillance. So the first one, it's called passive surveillance, and it's just what it sounds like. So we're staying in the health department, and we're dependent on our medical community to report Uh, cases to us. So you go to your doctor, and they diagnose you with one of the conditions that we were just talking about. Mm. They're required by law in the Code of Virginia to report that to the local health department. So we're working with our our medical providers, our hospital partners, and then also a part of that list is if um, if there's an increase in illness above the baseline or threshold, so a mm-hmm. group or community or congregate care setting notices that, they're also expected to kel- um, mm-hmm. contact the health department so we can assist with that. Okay. And that includes our long-term care facilities, daycares, schools, oh, wow. um, any group. We want them to know we're here for them, to support them, that they should not be facing an increase of illness on their own. Now, are all these facilities, daycare centers, hospitals, doctors, all this dat- data or data, however you say mm-hmm. it, Coming in daily? Is it like a monthly report they do? I mean, that seems like a lot of input Mm -hmm. that you then have to take to put together to to get an output. So we ask for certain conditions, um, the more contagious conditions that they call us right away. So that would be a rapid response reaction. But for most of these situations, they are coming in every day. We utilize electronic lab reporting. Mm. Um, and that's where a majority of our reports come from. Okay. If, if an individual has a positive lab test, mm. it, it goes into our system. Okay. And really, it's important to note here as well, Jim, that for public health, our epidemiology and CD unit, we have a great partnership with our clinicians in our community, our healthcare providers. Okay. Our healthcare providers are doing that one-on-one care. Right. Right. They're concerned about the person they're diagnosing, they're providing a treatment, and then public health, we step in to see where that person might have potentially been exposed, and then who they could have potentially exposed. So we're doing a look back to see, where did you get sick? And then a look forward to see, do we need to implement any public health actions to prevent the further spread of this disease? Okay. So like a private detective almost. Right, or a disease or a public, detective. A public detective. Yeah, Sometimes, yeah, yeah. you know, epidemiologists are called disease detectives. Okay. That's another great way to think about well, it. I want to touch on that, but let's, let's get back to you. They said there was like two types of monitoring or surveillance right. so you've talked about the so passive this, so so then the other side is the active, active. Oh, hey so when we have an outbreak um, we actually will go into the community and look for cases and, and that can be anything from you seeing us on the news or you know talking about if you visited this location during this time you may want to mm, talk to your doctor right. or these additional steps so we call that active surveillance and we do that for large investigations okay. like a case of measles, something that we would need people to um, have a rapid response to. Is there an example of a recent one or semi-recent that that you could talk about and just kind of, you know, not give specifics, uh, uh, you know, of of maybe who and things like that, but kind of the the broader picture of how it um, evolves and, and what goes into tracking people down? 
Right. And so this is um, a broad example I can talk about just to speak about measles again. um, Measles is a vaccine preventable disease, and we have cases occasionally. Our last case here in Fairfax County was in 2015. Mm. I'm not jinxing us here. Um, My unit will not be too pleased with me (laughs) if I have to go back and work one of those. But essentially what we're doing is we're working with the healthcare provider, and um, it is spread by droplets, and it's also an airborne disease. So it can stay in the air about two hours after the person wow. has been in a room. Wow. So from that perspective, um, our public health response is to track where that person has been. And generally, in most cases, um, what I tend to find, Jim, is that people don't stay home when they're ill. And that is our recommendation. Please stay wow. home if you're yeah. ill. But they go to all sorts of places. So you'll see in a press release will be made in coordination with our communications team. We'll list these places and the time frames. And so we're actively going into the community to see if they attended a school who's in those classrooms or in that building, if it's a shared air system. That's kind of that Goodness. active case finding right. that we'll do. And that's because it, it, it is so contagious, right? Yeah. So we have a faster, quicker response to that one. Well, that's mind-boggling when you think about it. If as, With the measles example, would mm-hmm. you say two hours, it could be, I guess, exposed. Mm-hmm. Just think about the number of people, you know, in my mind, if you just say, oh, I'm sick, I'm not feeling well. Maybe they say I'm going to stay home from work, but then it's like, well, I'm home from work and I'm not that bad. Let me run to the grocery store and get a couple of things I need and drop off the dry cleaning and maybe I'll take my kid to school since I'm here anyway. And wow, it just... And 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 those places would all be on our list to follow up on. And then those people that are there, does it go to another level of... I guess if they're quote unquote infected or affected, then where they've gone as well. So is it no, multiple? so it's it's essentially just case finding, and then we're we are trying to find the contacts. So unless wow. they're exhibiting symptoms, we wouldn't have to take it to another to another level. Another yeah. level. Wow. Um, but what we would do is we could use things like their shopper ID cards to see, you know, if you. Got your discounts, check that. That's a tool that we could use um, to see if you were there during that time frame. Um, Other places, it's easier if it's a hotel because you have to check in and give your name. But it can be challenging, especially, like you said, if you're going to, you know, run to the grocery store. Run a few errands. Run a few errands. And that's when you'll see us, you know, putting out that press release or getting the media trying to um, let people know that if you're in these places during these time frames that public health wants to talk to you. Well, you know, you bring up a good point. We always hear, and and it sounds so simple, some of the advice the health department gives mm-hmm. about how to stay uh, healthy, especially like during the winter. You know, wash your hands, cover your cough, stay home when you're sick. I mean, it, it sounds like, oh, come on, there's got to be something more. But that that's a great example you just gave of mm-hmm. staying home when you're sick. If you don't, the consequences. Right. And it's one of those things we see are so easily said, yeah. but the follow through doesn't really right, happen. Right. And so we know that clean hands save lives. Oh, and wow. after every epi investigation that we conduct, one of the major talking points we have afterwards is hand washing saves lives. And mm. that hand washing is something that takes 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Easy to do. Sing your ABCs as you do it. Yeah, Sing I your song. That that's right. Do what you have to do to um, get through it. Um, basically, water temperature means little. Type of soap means very little. It's that friction for 20 seconds that we oh, it really makes a big impact, and it's so vital. And right. I can't I can't say it enough. I feel like if that would be my one one tagline for this podcast, it would be like wash your hands. Wow. How about the um, uh, 
the stuff that comes in the little bottles. What Hand is it? sanitizers yeah, um, can be very effective for certain things, but when we see for viral gastroenteritis or norovirus, which um, we often see during this time of year, that's the relatively short mm-hmm. duration mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, um, short but powerful as we like to describe it. It's not as effective with that virus. Mm. We go back to hand washing is still right. the best prevention okay. prevention method for okay. that. Good advice. And then covering your cough, effective too. Sounds simple, but right. you know you'd be surprised if now that you know we've talked, you'll go through the grocery store and you'll see people just, just coughing away, in the yeah. air. And you you can go. I, I give you permission to go up to them and say, hey, you know, here's some public health messaging. <laughs> right. Cover your cough. And, and but there there's also a proper way to do it. You just don't cough in your hand. Right, right. Like what you like your sleeve or your arm. Mm-hmm. Or so if you have to cough or sneeze, um, you you we recommend you do it in the crook of your elbow. Mm. Um, that way, because our hands are what we're touching everything that's with. Right. If you're going to wash your hands directly afterwards, that's fine. But most times people don't. Right, so cough right. or sneeze in the crook of your your elbow and your arm. And then um, if you have a tissue, that's good too. Utilize that, but throw that away properly. Away. And then wash your hands. And then wash your hands. <laughs> so it, it's really some great right. steps and stuff that's common sense. Right. But we'll keep putting that messaging out there, reminding them. And you know that people often take. Um, we know that healthy behaviors are often linked to the easiest steps, right? If it's right. easy, people will do it. So one of the things we recommend, too, is that, you know, if you go over to Kelly Square where the health department is, you'll see in our bathrooms a sign that says, like, it's flu season or wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Just that reminder can trigger people to do right, an action. Right. Okay. So, and we have those posters available at the health department website oh, if someone would okay. like to print those off. Um, so businesses, daycare centers, schools, anybody, mm-hmm. place where you have visitors coming in. Put some of those posters in your bathrooms? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to get a contact uh information or whatever so folks can get that in just a minute. But I want to remind folks that we're on the county conversation talking with Barbara Downs from the Fairfax County Health Department. And I'm not going to repeat the uh, the title again because I got through it twice at the you beginning. Can do it. Yeah. So, so I'm not going to not going to risk messing it up. But we're talking about epidemiology and a lot of stuff that uh, Barbara and her team work with. And we're going to talk about flu because we brought it up. And I want to make sure we talk about flu because of the time of the year we're in when we're doing this. But I want to take a step back for a minute and talk about the health department. There's a lot of stuff going on with the health department, a lot of um, uh, programs, a lot of services. Can you give us just kind of a a broad overview of the health department in Fairfax County, what it does, who it serves, that type thing? Absolutely. The Fairfax County Health Department is a locally administered health department, and we proudly serve uh, the county of Fairfax and the city of Fairfax and Falls Church and the towns of Clifton, Vienna, and Herndon. Hmm. Uh, We have four um, main departments or units of the health department, patient care services, where our communicable disease epidemiology unit Mm -hmm. resides, where I work, environmental health, community health development and preparedness, and our laboratory services. Oh, okay. And we've had uh, someone from the lab on before talking about uh, the -hmm. work of the lab, which was quite interesting. I didn't Mm -hmm. realize all that was going on there. So uh, we mentioned we are recording this in in the fall of 2017, coming up on the winter season. Uh, This is the busy flu season, if I'm correct. So let's talk flu. Okay, let's do it. So we wash are, your hands. <laughs> that is, you got it. That's the most important thing. It's okay. So right, your hands. We are in flu season, so we monitor flu season from October through May. Okay. Wow, through to, May. But typically, flu season peaks anywhere from December to February. Okay. Okay. 
We've had every flu season is different. We've had flu seasons peak in February. We've had them peak in March in the past couple years. Hmm. It just depends. And so one of our roles at the health department is conducting influenza surveillance. So we are working with our providers mm -hmm. to get summary flu data number from them on a weekly basis. So okay. if they conduct a number of tests that, that were positive for influenza A, they're then reporting those to the local health department okay. and we're tracking those numbers. Okay, so you guys have numbers every week and you can see, okay, this looks like, you know, we had X number of cases or you know, reported cases or whatever this week. And that's about the same number we had last year. Mm -hmm. So is that kind of how you do it? Right. And then we push that data up to the Virginia Department of Health, who's yeah, sharing okay. it with the CDC. The Virginia Department of Health assigns an, a flu activity level every week, hmm. which we do share that data with our providers and community, um, depending on if there's outbreaks, an increase in positive cases of influenza, and then sentinel sites. So we do have providers that participate in sentinel sites, and that's um, if, a pro if a client goes to that doctor mm -hmm. and they're sick with influenza-like illness symptoms, so fever, cough, and or sore throat, then they may do two swabs for them. So do a rapid test and then test them, you know, a nasal swab right. again, and then send that to the state public health laboratory oh, to see which okay. type of flu we're seeing in our community. Oh, wow. okay. So we're always looking to see what our activity level is and what types of flu are circulating. And and it, I was going to say problem, but isn't, isn't that the, the challenge every year because there's different, is it strains of flu or types of flu and then the vaccine might not, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it seems like it's kind of complicated. Right. So influenza has the ability to drift or shift and change ever so slightly, which mm. makes it incredibly fascinating. Um, our vaccine, a quadrivalent version that covers four strains, two A's, two B's, mm. um, but sometimes we can see not a great match with that mm. vaccine. Um, we still, we won't know that until closer to the end of influenza season. Wow. Um, but right from the start, it looks like so far for this flu season, we've got a, a great vaccine. We recommend you get it. Everyone six months of age and older should get vaccinated for the flu. And we recommend you just don't do it for yourself. You do it for your family, your friends, and mm. your community. There are people that cannot receive the flu vaccine, so which makes them more susceptible. So if you're in contact with that person, right. do your part and get vaccinated. Right. And stay home when you're sick. Or if you had the flu, then that That's would right. also help as well. Right. So our big four, our big four flu talking yes, points yes. are, you know, wash your hands. Okay. Um, get vaccinated every year. It's a yearly flu vaccine. Um, stay home when you're sick and then cover your cough and sneeze and dispose of um, your tissues properly. Mm -hmm. Simple seeming advice, but powerful steps if they're taken. Right. Correct. Yeah. I mentioned earlier, I was going to, we talked about the posters for mm -hmm. the bathrooms and, and other information. If folks uh, want more information, that type of thing? Is there a telephone number at the health department they should call, a website, that type of thing? Right. So I really encourage everyone to check out the health department website and get to know us. We have a ton of activities going on and, and functions, and we do a lot to support our community. Um, so I recommend you visit fairfaxcounty.gov slash hd. That's our main health department site. From there, you can see our communicable disease program has our own link there as well. Mm -hmm. So you can click on that, see the activity the conditions and diseases we're tracking, a little bit more about our surveillance and activities that we're conducting. Mm -hmm. Additionally, if you want to talk to me or somebody in the CDFE unit, you can give our main line a call at 703-246-2411. Okay, 703-246-2411 or fairfaxcounty.gov slash HD. And then for more on the communicable disease 
section mm-hmm. division. That's 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 where yep. you're at. CD epidemiology section. Okay. Yep, so we're there. Check that out. Okay. Um, just a couple of minutes left on the conversation, but uh, just a, a personal question, mm-hmm. if you will. Sure. You seem so passionate about this this line of work, and you make it sound almost fun and interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> what interested you about this, the science, the that type of thing, to to get into this line of work? Had a great childhood. My parents always encouraged scientific inquiry and mm. hypothesis building. And from a young age, I really liked science. You know, grew up. I was um, growing up. I was a young astronaut. Went oh, to space camp. Well. Loved loved science and the physics side of it. The weather tracking. Um, interesting enough, Jim. Though I never wanted to be in flight. I wanted to be in mission oh, control. So in mission control has some. It's yeah. kind of related to what I'm doing now too. You know, when an, yeah. when an issue comes in, you're quick to response. Um, so during that time period, too, I started kind of falling in love with the medical side mm. and the healthcare community. So I was a candy striper, worked as a lifeguard. That kind of drove my decision to get my Bachelor of Science degree in biology from Virginia Tech. Getting close to graduation, decided that I still wanted to work in an area where I could do these two functions, you know, science, data-driven, yeah, medicine. Yeah. So from there, um, I got my Master's of Science in Epidemiology and Biostatistics from George Mason mm-hmm. University. I just love long words. Yeah, yeah. Chilly. <laughs> the longer the better. And then right before graduation there, I want, knew I wanted to work as an epidemiologist, but I wasn't sure in what field. And that's when I really fell in love with public health, this mm. idea that you can have a big impact on a community yeah. or work to do prevention and provide education yeah. and protect the community from getting sick. And so that's that's kind of the short story yeah. where it all came from. And here I am. Yeah. You know, I worked um, for Virginia Department of Health for five years as a district epidemiologist. Oh, wow. Um, was a great job. It was a smaller health department, Rappahannock Rapid Inn Health District, um, which was great because I got to see investigations from start to finish and mm. outbreaks from start to finish and was really in the weeds as a field epidemiologist. And I've been here at Fairfax for the last two years oh. and love it. It's a great place to work. Highly recommend it. And since, you know, we'll talk about gratefulness because it's that time of year, really grateful to be a part of a team that gets the big picture, that's passionate. Yeah. My colleagues really like their job yeah. too. So, Well, it sounds like the health department is fortunate to have you. That's right. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, out of time, unfortunately. Um, I have learned so much on this. I want to thank you for that. Uh, parting words, um, anything you want to leave our, our listeners with in the, the area of health epidemiology or, or anything? So wash your hands. It is the most important step. You know, I know we've, we've said it kind of, hopefully we've said it enough times here that it'll sink in. You can subconsciously do it. Um, but please, and, and get to know what the Communicable Disease Epidemiology Unit is doing in the community. We're doing a lot of great work. And check us out online or give us a call. All right. And that's fairfaxcounty.gov HD or 703-246-2411. Thanks to Barbara Downs again for being with us on the uh, County Conversation Podcast. Thanks to you for listening. Uh, if you found this information useful and helpful, please share it with your friends and family. We'd love to have some more listeners and encourage them to subscribe as well. Thanks again for listening to the County Conversation. If you'd like more county news and events, you can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov news, or you can call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329 weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. The County Conversation is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government.